Welcome to Well Maybe, a podcast about our communication and leadership. I am your host, Breon Fraction, along with Alan Ward, consultants and strategists, and just two ordinary guys in the world of workplace and community engagement. When we start talking about these assumptions, we tend to make assumptions if if they're skewed in one way or the other, they tend to be skewed in a negative way versus a positive way. Mm-hmm. And so I'd like to hear your thoughts on why do we tend to assume negatively versus the other? I was talking to my son about why we use affirmations to build ourselves up and to build other people up. And it started from, dude, why are you thinking negative about this situation instead of being positive? I don't know if that's just human nature or what. I think it's a part of our, it could be a part of our biology. It can be a part of our environment. Some people just a lot more negative than other people. Um, Some people come from environments where pessimism or negative talk, negative self-talk is a part of their culture, of their home life. Invalidation's been a part of of their home life, um, their communities, and they think of situations negative before positive. I can remember when I first started as a counselor, and I met this lady, and I've never met someone like her before, and what I mean is she was so positive and hopeful about life, and I couldn't figure it out. Everything that happened, she could spin it a positive from it. And I asked her one day, I was like, man, how are you so hopeful about all of these things? I was probably 20, 25, 26 years old. How are you so hopeful about all of these things? How can you be so hopeful about life? And she talked about her upbringing. And not only did she talk about, you know, her, her faith and her church and how she grew up, her dad, he had physical ailments and he couldn't walk, but she always talked about how positive he was during this. And he taught her, you know, he modeled this positive, you know, he, he reinforced positive thinking throughout her childhood and her adulthood. And that's where she got it from. So because it was modeled for her, she began to emulate that in her own life. Exactly. And on the opposite end, I've worked with people and I've been around people. I have friends who who come from environments where it's just totally it's negative. And they were invalidated. There was a lot of pessimism about the world around them and, and the outer world, places that they've never even visited. So part of this is fear, right? It's fear. It's fear of the unknown, fear of the worst-case scenario. Which could be a part of them wanting to control I'll I'll tell you a funny example, or at least I think it's funny. I used to have a supervisor years ago um, that I had a really good working relationship with. And when I would come into his office and talk with him, we could, we could talk about anything. We had, we'd have a good conversation, whatever. But anytime I would go into this person's office and close the door behind me, that person's response was, uh Oh, Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking about that in the midst of this conversation about how we perceive things in advance, right? Our preconceived notions, our assumptions. And I'm wondering what would prompt someone to in a, have a closed door session to, have, to respond from a standpoint of, uh-oh, 
there's an assumption there that this is not going to be a good or positive conversation. This is going to be something that is more serious, that uh, has the potential to be difficult, or might be something that I just as soon not deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's funny to a certain degree because I think we all kind of do that sometimes, right? We all have these moments when we're like, this doesn't seem like it's going to be good. And we revert back to those negative thoughts. So I do think that it's natural for us to go that way sometimes. My question, though, is how do we train ourselves to step out of that and to do more positive assumptions? In other words, I've been using this phrase frequently a lot um, of late. How do we assume positive intentions versus negative ones? Turn your TV off first. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It has to be trained. Either you're being trained by someone else or being coached by someone else or you're doing it yourself. You're going to have the homework of doing it yourself. You're going to have to firm yourself and have positive thinking models for your daily life. So, for example, when I wake up every morning, I'm listening to positive videos. That's just what I I do. I know I have to train myself uh, with motivational videos. When we're thinking about working, just going back to what you were saying about the guy, you close that door, that's his experience. And what can be different? That's what he said. What can be different than this? He's coming in here. He's closing the door. Something bad has happened or something bad is about to happen. And something bad is going to come out of it. What are things we need to be looking at in the work environment to make sure we're not being guided by our assumptions? We just have to be cognizant that we are going to have assumptions about things every day. And how we allow those assumptions to play out in our mind and through our actions can be, to a certain degree, addressed by us and controlled if we think about it tactfully in advance. So if I know that my inclination is to say, "Uh uh-oh, if somebody comes in and closes my door, then I need to think about what do I need to do to suspend that assumption long enough to really accept what's coming as it comes rather than have preconceived judgments of it. I think that is a culture change. I think you're right. Right. But it starts with me. Right. So if I, if I'm feeling that way and I do, I'm not right. I'm not holier than thou here. I, I have these same issues um, constantly. If, if I'm thinking that way, And it's not a healthy way for me to think because it isn't consistent with allowing someone the respect that they deserve to tell me what they need to tell me without my preconceived notions. Then I need to look at that. I need to be willing to say that's probably not the best perspective that I need to be in as this person presents whatever it is that they need to present to me. Thinking about work environments and, and what you just said, yeah, it's individual. It does start with the individual, and it has to be reinforced by the entire group. Well, you start with yeah. one, right? You mm-hmm. said you said it. I said it. Mm-hmm. It starts with me, but then I need to model that to the people that I spend time with. 
I need to show them that this is how I'm going to react when this happens and that I'm going to try to limit my assumptions at least long enough to be able to hear them out and really get all the information, ask good open-ended questions if I need to, use my other other or skills as reflections, summaries, um, reinforcements, uh, affirmations, um, and get the information I need to get before I start going down the road of what it means. Would that require you to intentionally start doing closed-door meetings about positive things? To just just to get you it know might. just to get people's brains start rewiring their brains and how they think about closed door meetings. Well, and I do sometimes have closed door meetings that are positive things. Mm-hmm. By and large, though, if it's something that's positive, we're more open to sharing that. Versus if it's something that's negative, and we want to kind of close it, close it down into a tighter conversation. So. Um, I think there are practical things that we can do to try to reinforce this idea of making sure we're thinking about it openly and honestly rather than going, jumping to conclusions. Mm-hmm. Because we know that sometimes the, occlu- the conclusions we jump to are accurate, and yet sometimes they're, they're not. And we just don't know until it plays out. So by that time, it's too late. Pretty much I can make an assumption in my head while working on being more open to hearing what the person is saying and actually listening, actively listening to what they're saying before I respond so that I can hear what their intention is. And also ask the questions that need to be asked without trying to lead. That's the best way for me to be in um, a situation where I'm communicating openly and honestly and that I'm really want to hear what the person is saying while suspending my judgment. Because I'm going to come into a room with my biases. That's all to it. Yes. And I don't and care what people say about, oh, no, I'm, I'm open to this, I'm open to that. No, we all have biases. We all have biases. The difference is, are you willing to suspend those biases long enough to really listen, not make um, quick judgments, hear people out, ask good questions. Like you said, good questions from a position of inquiry, not from a position of advocacy of about something. Yeah. Like this um, is what I want. So right. I'm, I'm going to ask these questions. Or as someone uh, once told me, what's your intention behind asking this? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, my intention behind asking the question should be that I don't know the information and I know that you do. And I'd like for you to share it. And that's it. Well, what are you going to do with the information? Well, I mean, we can have that conversation <laughs> right. from a standpoint of transparency. And, and again, going back to the why and the full picture. But at the end of the day, I think oftentimes when we start asking questions, there are assumptions made about why we're asking the questions. And there's a lack of honesty. There's a lack of transparency. And there's an assumption of an intention that is, again, oftentimes negative. Building relationships. So building relationships, 
working on ourselves, making sure that we're uh, recognizing our personal biases and suspending them and um, really listening and having open and honest conversation will help to address some of these issues. And then the other thing is recognize our inclinations to um, assume certain things and fight back against those assumptions in very practical ways to try to help teach ourselves to be more open-minded, to be more um, concerned about making sure that the communication is done well rather than digging our heels in on what the content is because there there will be a time and place to do that but you really can't address content if the communication process isn't working well so if you got a, a bunch of messiness going on in your head you're not listening you don't have a good relationship you haven't built these relationships. Relationships are valuable. Relationships are very valuable because we need that trust. That's how we're going to have those open conversations once we build that trust. That's right. And that trust comes from building these relationships through doing the things we we're just talking about. Exactly. Through recognizing that we have our own internal biases. We're not perfect people. We don't always articulate what we mean well. And um, we can just be humble about that and say, hey, look, I just didn't do a very good job of explaining what my intentions were. The other thing I think is that we owe one another some leeway. Here, exactly. I right? was just getting ready to say that. And Let's not forget that piece. It, that might be the most important thing we've mm -hmm. even touched on to this point in this conversation is to recognize that we're all human beings mm -hmm. and we not everyone is out to get me. I am not you your know? enemy. Not right. everyone is out to get me. Oftentimes we don't present the way we intend and we just need to own that. We, you yeah. know, I can say, Hey, look, I did not do a good job with this. And I want to clarify what my intention was whenever I tried. And let me get, you know, have a second, second crack at this. Yeah. Give, um, give me a chance. Right. Right. I right. just didn't do a good job explaining it the way I wanted to or, or presenting how I needed to, and that should be okay. Or, I mean, we're, or maybe my intention wasn't so good at first. I recognize that. Can we move forward? Absolutely. And not holding those grudges because it was just done poorly from the get-go, right? So I'm going to make mistakes. I'm not always going to be the perfect communicator or the most articulate person. And I'm just laying that out there, let you know I'm not always going to do this perfect or even good. Um, and I'm just going to say, Hey, I didn't do a good job of it. Give me another opportunity to try to explain what I meant. And then the point is giving the person that opportunity to do it. Not, not holding that grudge to say, well, Hey, you offended me because you, the way you said this, well, we really need to look at the person's heart, right? So What's their, what was their intention? Was their intention to harm you? Well, if it was, then that's another conversation. That's another conversation. But most of the time, our communications might break down, but there was really no intention to harm. There was an intention to have a conversation, which may have gone awry, but there was really no intention on any party to cause or do harm. Right. So we can just recognize, hey, this didn't go well. Let's just acknowledge that and, and work on it. What do we want to leave people with today? What are some of our main points? 
first of all, that communication is hard and it's also an active process. Secondly, that assumptions are common in everyday conversation and our thoughts, and we're not going to get away from that. But we can have some practical ways to address it, to try to recognize it within ourselves, and to try to hold ourselves to be better at it. Um, and then for me, the third thing is coming. how do we help people know where other people are coming from? right? Mm -hmm. The position of humility, position of uh, helping rather than harming, and that a recognition that not everybody's out to get me. Yeah. Build those relationships and learn practical ways to um, sustain those relationships, those healthy relationships. Again, have that awareness of yourself and others and uh, build those relationships based off of compassion and understand, wanting to have an understanding of where other people are coming from. The other thing is, is recognize that we're going to mess up and that's fine. But how do we bounce back from those mess up? How do we improve? Let's start with the individual. Let's also look at how our families and how our teams and how our groups can all come together and build on, on these good communication skills together. Because I would even argue that we're going to have communication issues, even if we are good at communication. Exactly. Because we just cannot be our best every single conversation we have. We just can't. There's we're, no way. We're going to make mistakes. This is we're we're working towards a perfect communication standard, knowing that we're never going to achieve it. But our goal is to try to be better than where we are. We're going to fail, we're going to fail forward, and we're going to be better tomorrow than we were today, and that's really the best we can hope for. As we close, I want to thank you for joining Well Maybe. If you enjoyed honest conversation, applauded unpolished responses, and appreciated humor, or you just wanted some great practical advice about communication and leadership, this is the podcast for you. Hit that subscribe button and turn on those notifications. Send your questions and responses to wellmaybepodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And let's connect next week for some fun and entertaining growing together. Until next time, sign in and out.